You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. We're landing this collection with a very practical message for someone who hasn't yet started praying. It would be really tragic if we went all the way through the collection and then someone still wasn't praying at the end of it. And maybe you're not praying because you're like, hey, I loved all the talks, I was encouraged by them, but if it's just me and God, I don't know what to do. And so I wanna help you and encourage you today in that. Is that okay if we go that basic today? Because I'm not assuming everybody in the gathering today is praying. If you do the statistic thing and ask people that go to church how often they read their Bible and how often they pray, the results are dismal. We're coming for sure, we're showing up, but on the day-to-day flow of life, most people who come to church aren't really praying all that much. And so I wanna invite us all in today, and if the reason why you're not praying is because you don't know how to pray or you feel unsure or unsteady about praying, you're kind of that person that's like, please don't ask me to pray. I don't know what I would say. Well, this message is for you. So we're going to begin today with the definition that we started with all the way at the beginning of this collection. Prayer is steady state awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit, creating a constant and seamless union. Does everybody see this somewhere? Then let's say it together. Prayer is steady state, all of us even, together saying it out loud, together. Prayer is steady state awareness of Father, Son, and Spirit, creating a constant and seamless union of heart and mind with the Almighty that shifts earthly perspectives, plans, and purposes as heaven becomes visible on earth. And we've been trying to unpack that and some of the big tensions that exist inside of that. But today, I just want to make it as basic as possible. Eight things to help you pray. Number one, make it personal. I think sometimes we fall into this idea that prayer is transactional. It's like going to the ATM and using our bank card and punching in a code, and there's not really any connection going on. It's just a transaction that's happening. And oftentimes when we pray, it's bow our head, close our eyes, dear God, here's the, the, the three, five, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things I need to say. In Jesus' name, amen, done, finished, got my receipt, off I go. And what I want to bring us around today is this, that prayer is communion with God. It is not a list, it is not a routine, it is not rote, it is communion with God. In other words, there is a person on the other end of our dialogue. And when Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray, this is where we started, he said what? When you pray, pray like this, our Father. So right off the bat, he's inviting us into the personal nature of a relationship with God and communion with God. So we've got to lock into the fact that there is a person on the other side of the conversation. And here's the idea. The goal of prayer, 
So why are we praying? Because we want to see mountains move. Why are we praying? We want to see things happen. Why are we praying? Because we want to take authority. Well, primarily the goal of prayer is God. The goal of prayer ultimately isn't to get something from God, but it's to get God. And so when we come to pray, we start by saying, Father, God, I realize that you're a person and I realize that you are real and I'm here to meet with you. I'm here for you. I'm not in a hurry. It's not like I have a list that I'm trying to check off. I'm not trying to uh, make sure that I can, you know, check a box that says, I pray today, I'm here for you. And I believe every prayer that begins like that is met by God drawing near. He's already here. He's already near. But he said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And I think when we come and we say, God, I'm here, I'm settled, and I just want to be with you. That's step one in praying. Second thing is lead with praise. Our Father who's in heaven, what's the next thing Jesus taught us? Hallowed be your name. In other words, before you do anything, just remember who God is. And when you remember who God is, praise him. Start with praising him. We, we often come with what we need from him, but prayer really is being with God. It's communion with God. And I know communion is kind of a churchy kind of sounding word, but that's because it's elevated. It's more than just hanging out. It's communion because it's almighty God. And when we come into that moment of communion, what naturally is going to happen is our gaze is going to be drawn upwards towards the almighty God. And when it is, the first thing we need to do is just begin to praise God. Tell him what you appreciate about him. Tell him what you love about him. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he's done. It could just be hallowed be your name, but let praise lead the way in prayer. And as it leads the way, you will see right away a new perspective. And that probably is going to impact everything else that happens in this communion that you have with God. Number three, and we've talked about this a lot, align it with his plans. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and in my life as it is in heaven and in this meeting I'm going to as it is in heaven and in our family today and in this decision that we're making as it is in heaven and with these friends I'm hanging out with today as it is in heaven. Let your will be done and let your kingdom come in my life today on the earth as it is in heaven. I'm aligning with God's plans. The strength of prayer is to align with what God is already doing. That's why when we come to him and say, God, I just want you. In fact, I'll tell you why I just want you, because you're amazing and you are trustworthy and you are strong and dependable and you've always been true. I wanna praise you, God, today. I wanna bless your name today, God. I just wanna exalt you today and say you are unlike any other. There is no God but you. And when I'm praising him like that, what is it doing? It's not changing him, it's changing me. And it's setting my heart 
in the right place so that then I can join in with what God is doing. I don't know if anyone was around in the era where experiencing God was a big move inside the church. Anybody remember Henry Blackaby's experiencing God? Show of hands, few people do. Henry Blackaby said this, and it really changed the, the perspective of church for a season. He said, find out where God is at work and join him. In other words, if you want to be in the flow with God, figure out what God's doing and get in there. Instead of going, God, I need the flow, so I need you to get in here. No, figure out where the flow is and go to the flow and get in the flow of God. We're, we're as a movement, leaning into Bible translation. You know that. And Shelly and I personally are leaning into Bible translation because in the last few years, we've seen firsthand up close that this is an inflection point in the history of God taking his word to every people group on planet earth. This has been happening for centuries. People have been sacrificing their lives. People have been uh, plowing the ground. People have been translating the word. But right now, in the moment that we're living in, there is something catalytic happening, and it is possible that when the, within the next 10 to 15 years, there will be a portion of God's word in every heart language on planet Earth for the very first time. It's going to happen in our lifetime, and there is synergy. There are new ventures happening. There's collaboration happening. There's win. There's finance. There is a move of God happening, and we've been able to see it close up and sense the wind of God in it. And we said, we're in. Why? Because that's where God is. So that's where we want to be. We want our money there. We want our energy there. We want our effort there. We want our voices there. We want to be in. I'll tell you why. Because God's doing it. He's going to do it. With or without us, he's doing it. It's obvious he's doing it. I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. So how do you know what God's doing? You get with God. <laughs> how do you know what God's doing? Commune with God. Get with God. Slow down and get with God. Dial everything else out and get with God. Turn off this thing and get with God. Close that down for a little bit and get with God and figure out what are you doing. Jesus did this. We, we know that he withdrew early and late. We know that he often was by himself with his father. Why? Well, he says why in John 5, 19, he says, truly, I tell you, the son of God can do nothing by himself. Now, this is Jesus saying this. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does as well. And then he says in John 8, 38, I speak what I have seen with my father. So what's Jesus doing? He's doing what he sees the father doing. What is he saying? He's saying what he hears the father saying. So we get with God. We communion with God. We say, God, we want to be with you. We want you because you're the best thing that there is. So we praise you. Now, I need to get on your page today. Can you help me get on your page? What are you doing? What are you saying? What is on your mind? What is priority for you today? What's on your to-do list today? And what can I assist you with? Can I be useful to you in your purpose and your plan today? A.W. Tozer, he wrote, said, God's loving motive 
is to bring us into total harmony with himself. So moral power and holy usefulness become ours. This is the goal. Total harmony with God, that you and I would be in lockstep with him. Number four, and these are in no certain order necessarily, but as he's giving us this model prayer, they kind of fall this way. He says, give us today what we need. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, I know that you are good and I know that you have enough and I know that I'm going to have what I need today. Thank you for that. This is what I'm asking God for. I'm asking God for what I need. And he wants you to tell him what you need. He wants you to ask him for what you need. I I made a little acrostic out of this uh, prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R. The P is pause. The R is remember. The A is the almighty. The Y is your father. The E is everything you need. And the R is you receive. Pause and remember the Almighty is your Father. Everything you need, you receive. See, we don't have to worry and stress as much about the ask side because our Father has everything we need. And everything we need, we're going to receive. Now, the scripture says you have not because you ask not. So we're going to ask because he invites us to ask. We're going to knock because he invites us to knock. We're going to seek because he invites us to seek. We're going to say to that mountain, be moved because he invites us to say to that mountain, be moved. But do you realize when you woke up today, your father was already giving good things to you? Some of you haven't asked for one thing today. Some of us haven't asked God anything today. Some of us haven't communed with God today, but our Father's already been giving us a lot of stuff today. And he was giving you stuff all night long. He was working in you all night long and working for you all night long. So you don't have to worry about, do I have all the right stuff on the list? You could really just say to him, and I could say to him, God, thank you that you supply all my needs according to to your will and to your work. In Christ, you are supplying everything that I need. Now, there are some things I want to bring to you because I'm your son, I'm your daughter. And so I want to ask you, God, will you please touch this situation? Will you please move in this situation? Will you please bring your supernatural power to bear in this situation? Ask him and tell him what you need. Number five, clear the air. What this means is we're in communion with God. Therefore, we cannot punk God. We cannot say, I just praise you because you are amazing. He's like, you don't think I'm amazing. You think she's way more amazing than me, but thank you for that. It's a good sentiment. No, we, he, it's real. It's real talk. And so when we come to God, one of the things we want to do is clear the air. So if there's anything we need to Confess, we need to confess it. Lord, I I do love you and you are amazing, but there's something I I need to tell you. Not because you don't know it, but I need to admit it and own it and say it. I confess X and I thank you, God, that your grace is good. I thank you, God, that you've paid the price. I thank you that I am forgiven, but God, I want you to help me work on this. I want you to change this in me and I want to confess it to you. Clear the air. And then Matthew 5, Jesus said, when you come to the altar to bring your gift, 
If you realize when you're bringing your gift that you got an issue with your brother or sister, you need to take your gift back, leave the altar, go to your brother and sister, reconcile with them, come back to the altar, and then bring your gift. Why? Because that honors the grace of God. I can't be in his presence. I can't be in communion with him and confess and thank him for the richness of his grace while I am withholding the richness of his grace with somebody else. And so in communion, things shift and things change. And one of those things is we're probably always going to leave communion with God with our own to-do list. I need to call so-and-so. I need to text this person. I need to go back and make right that conversation. I need to go back and make right that relationship. I need to seek peace as far as it depends on me. Number six, acquaint yourself with his word and connect it to your communion with him. See, I think sometimes we want to segment all of this, right? One thing is reading your Bible. Another thing is praying. Are we talking about reading the Bible, Louie, or are we talking about prayer? I thought Schiff was about prayer. Now we're talking about reading the Bible. It's all the same. <laughs> Even the idea, prayer life, that is a weird term to me. How's your prayer life? It's like, I don't know. I don't have a prayer life. I just have a life. And my life is supposed to be in communion with God. And communion with God is what prayer is all about. So really my life is prayer. This is what God's word encourages in any way. And so if God speaks through his word, if he's already revealed his character through his word, if he's already revealed his will through his word, if he's already revealed his will for me through his word, if he's already really helped me understand who I am and what I'm about in his word, and I'm in communion with him, I'm going to want to have the word in communion, communion with the word. I'm not going to be in communion with the word and say, well, I'm just going to leave the word over here while I am with the word. When you pray and you tell God what he said, it's awesome. And when you pray and you show God what he promised, it's awesome. And when you pray and ask God to explain something that's a little cloudy, it's awesome. And now I'm in a relationship. I'm not in a transaction with the book. I'm in a relationship with a person. And I love it. Uh, psalm 46 has been a psalm that I've been in for a season, and I've mentioned that here a few times. But it opens like this. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. But what if I'm with God and I'm in communion? Now I'm making this real. And I say, God, you're my refuge and strength today. And I need you and I need to know today that you are an ever-present help in trouble. God, the psalmist said he, he would not fear even if the earth would give way and the mountains fell into the heart of the sea. But I'm honestly telling you today, I got a little fear going on today. And so I want to get my heart focused on this truth again, that you are my refuge and my strength. And I want to confess it again and tell you that I need to know it today more than ever, that you are an ever-present help in trouble. You said, be still and know that you are God. And so I'm going to do that right now. I am doing that right now. I am going to dial it all down and just be still and know that you are God. 
you always have been God. You've been God for a long time. Thank you. Just let that calm me, Father. The word in the communion is mighty. The word's mighty by itself. You can just take it out and exercise a principle and it is mighty. And obviously walking with God or riding a bike with him or being on a run or doing whatever you're doing, driving in the car or sitting in your office with God is mighty. But when you get the word of God in communion with God, you've got something powerful happening. Number seven, just two more of these. Don't be afraid of the silence. The first word in that little prayer thing was pause. Be still. In other words, don't come in so hot. I think the reason why we come in hot is because we didn't budget well. Amen? Or at all. And so we got to come in hot. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. It's amazing. I love you. Bless you. Praise you and all the stuff I'm supposed to be doing right now. But really, I need your wisdom in this meeting I'm going into right now because it's crazy. And the whole thing's crazy. And all, everything's changed since yesterday when I thought I, I had a clear view. But then so-and-so comes in there and he's, I know everything's different and I got to go in there. And I, I'm not really sure what exactly is supposed to happen. So I need help. I need insight. I need you to come through and do a miracle. He's like, let's just take a breath. A big, holy God-sized, supernatural breath. And you've been God for a long time. I can't think of the next line or I would sing that one too. <laughs> but everything's gonna be all right because you've been God for a long time. Now, God, please help me in this meeting. Or, God, I, I need an answer. And, like, pretty quick. You know, the best friends are the ones that you can enjoy time with without anybody talking. Do you know that friend? Or maybe your best friend and you just love talking and you all just talk all over each other the entire time, all the time, and that's your love language and it works for you. But some of the best moments are when you're with someone that no one feels compelled to freak out over the silence. And I think that quietness with God, just meditating, thinking on Him, just drinking in the moment that you have with Him is a gift that He wants us all to experience way more in our lives. Well, Louis, I don't know what to say. Well, then don't say anything. Well, I don't feel comfortable and I'm not, I ran out of things. Well, great, just be there. Just tell him that. Lord, you know, I'm not really great at praying and I don't really know what to say next. And so I'm just gonna be here with you. I've got time and I want you. What a great prayer. I don't know what the right next two things to say are for the official 
praying people who are far better at this than me, but I've got some time and I just want you. What a prayer. It feels real, right? And that's the kind of prayer God is looking for. The eighth thing is just to be grateful. You know, there's all these articles I've been seeing uh, lately because of so much mental pressure that's on all of us right now, talking about gratitude and the power of gratitude to punch back at depression. And the tricky thing about it is, is that oftentimes we don't feel like being grateful. And so we're like, well, I don't feel like being grateful. But it's, it's interesting that when you don't feel like being grateful and you're grateful anyway, you notice that your feelings changed along the way while you were being grateful. Someone said, well, I would praise God, but I don't feel like praising God. Well, you know, the good thing about praising God is you don't have to feel like praising God to praise God. You can say, I don't feel like praising you, God. That's just real talk right now. I don't feel like praising you, but I do believe you're worthy. And so I'm going to just choose to praise you anyway. I'm going to choose to exalt you anyway. I'm going to choose to say you are the greatest thing in the universe anyway. I'm going to thank you and bless you and honor you and praise you. And I'm going to adore you. And all of a sudden you realize that your feelings are now getting swept up by your worship. Your feelings are getting transformed by your gratitude. That's why the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is God's will for our life? Be a rejoicer. Constantly be in communion with God. And no matter what the circumstance, realize that God is sovereign over it and say, I just thank you for this. I don't know how, why, what, or when, but I thank you in this situation right now. I want to be grateful. Why? Why would I do that? Because verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So I know who called me to this and I know that he is faithful and dependable and I know he's going to do whatever it is that he's called me to do. So because of that, I'm going to rejoice right now. Because of that, I'm going to continually stay in communion with him. And because of that, I'm going to thank him and be grateful right in the middle of this moment because my God who called me is faithful and he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I know he's going to do it, so I'm going to be grateful. You say, Louis, I'm not in a great place for this one right now because I don't have anything to be grateful for. Well, here's a few thoughts, and these aren't even necessarily specific to how God is moving specifically in your life right now. But you could just say, God, I, I, I want to thank you that you hear me. Wow. I want to thank you, God, that you know me. Isn't that awesome? He's not leaning over to some angel saying, who is that again? That's why he's talking to me from Alpharetta. Who is that? What, what is her name? Hi, Pam. Thank you that you know me. Is this crazy? How many of you are college football fans? Just a quick show of hands. Okay, awesome. How many of you know your head coach personally? Sorry, bad question. <laughs> Let me rephrase. How many of you know your head coach personally? Okay, no, no one? Cumberland? Surely. How many of you could call your head coach right now if we needed to? 
Kirby Smart. Can somebody call Kirby Smart? Nick Saban? Can somebody call Nick Saban? Nobody can call Nick Saban. Okay. Um, but you be nice because you were telling him all day yesterday who to play and who not to play and why they did that, made that decision and why they went for it on fourth down and when they should have punted and be nice for you, just call him. Why are you doing this? And why aren't we running the ball more consistently? We really need to eat more time because our defense is terrible. But no one here can call your head coach, but you're totally leaned into that. Here's an easier one. How many of you can call the CEO of your company? Like right now, you can just whip out your phone, call them right now. They might not take your call, but you could call them not on their office number, but directly on their number, okay? Good handful of people, a couple dozen people. How many of you could not call your CEO right now, do not have their number, do not have that access, do not have their contact? These are the people you work for, and you cannot call them. That's weird, right? Not totally weird, but kind of weird. How many of you could call Governor Kemp? He's running the state of Georgia. Anyone? Just right now, if we needed to make the call. No? No? No one? Okay, I could call Governor Kemp, so I got that one. <laughs> I cannot call your CEO, probably. We, we could go all the way down the list, you get the point. But you can call Yahweh? No, no. No, 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 no. You can't call Yahweh. And he's not going to screen you. Let's pay him again. This is, come on, just please stay with me. This is crazy. that you cannot call the CEO of the company you work for, but you can call the person who created the CEO of the company that you work for. And when you do, you don't even have to say your name. Thank you that you know me. I'm grateful to be known by Yahweh. We got a whole globe of people looking to be validated. You are validated. You can talk to God. Thank you that I know you. Thank you for breath. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being almighty. Thank you for being supernatural. Thank you for never changing. Thank you for being good. Thank you for grace. Thank you for speaking to me. 
Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for seeking after me. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for freeing me. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for your plans for me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for fighting for me. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for caring. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for providing what I need. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for including me. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for covering me. Thank you for going before me. Thank you for coming behind me. Thank you for making me bold. Thank you for holding me. Thank you for calling me your own. Thank you for always being true. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for giving me a role to play. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your patience. Thank you that you're not finished yet with me. Thank you, God. I just want to thank you. And we haven't even gotten down in the specifics of the ways that he's specifically blessing you. God, thank you for the way we've been hoping that our middle child would have a step of developing in this particular area. And last week, we saw that step and we are grateful. Thank you, God, for the note that we got in the mail and the encouragement that you brought to us. Thank you for that. God, thank you for the bump that I got at work last week. That's going to go a long way toward chipping away that debt that we're resolved to pay down. Thank you, God, for that. I am grateful to you, God. Thank you for the news that we got. It was far better than what we were expecting. God, thank you that your grace is good because the news is far worse than what we hope for. Thank you, God. I want to be grateful to you. I want to praise you. And I want to be grateful in this moment of holy communion where a little tiny person like me gets an audience with the king. And I just want to say again today, God, if there's any way you can use me, I'm available to you. God, please touch this situation. We need and desire to see a miracle, and you do miracles, and we believe. God, provide. We, we don't see any other way except Yahweh. Please provide. God, set free. This is what you long to do. Please break chains. This is what you do, God. Please do it again here now. God, we need a revival in this city. We need some kind of spiritual awakening. Will you do something in me that would be a part of that happening? I want to praise you, God. You're a God of revival. You're the God of salvation. You're the God who breaks chains and sets people free. God, I want to thank you that you did that in my coworker's life this week. Thank you, God, for the freedom that you brought. I want to give you thanks and let you know that I'm grateful. <laughs>
What a shift, right? So if you want to start talking to God, just make it personal. Fill up that moment with praise. Set your eyes on Him. Align with Him. Tell Him what you need. He already knows, but He wants you to ask Him. Come into that moment when you're with Him and let your requests be made known to God. Clear the air. Connect to His Word. Don't feel awkward if there's a little silence in there. Just be in communion with God. Ask Him to touch you, speak to you, open your eyes, give you a thought, lead you to His Word. Gratitude. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thank you for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.